Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. Laughing already as we've spent 20 minutes talking without recording. Uh, I'm Woody Womack, joined on the phone from Miami, where he's got a jackhammer going on outside his door. Uh, Rob Cassidy. Rob, how's it going? Yeah, it's not technically joined on the phone, if we're going to be uh, specific about this. It's joined via some glitchy computer program. Voice over IP, I believe, is uh, the technical term. I don't want to get Joined it. via voice over IP this week. And then, uh, of course, in Texas, Nick Kruger. Nick, how you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm over here celebrating my return to above 500 in our Pick'em segment. <laughs> and uh, looking to continue the positive momentum. So we were talking before we'll get right into the picks here. Last week, I go one and two again. Now, we only pick about three games a week on average. And I'm eight and 17, <laughs> which, which to be that big of a disparity on only three games is pretty impressive because Rob is 17 and eight. He went three and oh last week. And Nick is uh, 13 and 12 as he went two and one. So for me to be that bad, I mean, it's it's really impressive. It's like almost like I'm tanking. I don't I don't think I could do that bad if I tried. Yeah, I mean, people should be fading you, right? They'd all be rich. Yeah, they would be. So uh, anyway, Rob went three and zero with Penn State, Notre Dame, and Texas last week. And uh, like I said, Nick went two and one. I went one and two as I continue my downslide. We want to remind you, please subscribe to the show on iTunes. Leave us a review. We are. Uh, lapping the competition in the recruiting industry in terms of getting those reviews despite uh, other people out there claiming that uh, what was the term that I saw used it was widely considered the best recruiting podcast uh, and I checked you, can, you can't lay off can you I mean you just it's, it's like bread into your DNA <laughs> where if there are shots to be fired you have got to fire them. listen if you're gonna call your podcast widely widely considered, or widely recognized as the best podcast, and I go and it has seven reviews on iTunes, and we've got 41. Sorry. Uh, so anyway, we now have three podcast arrivals. They're all doing very well, tremendous ratings. Uh, <laughs> so, so this this person who does not work at Rivals, who's uh, touting their podcast, uh, guess what? I'm sorry, your podcast is failing. Um, Sad. Exactly. So anyway, let's, let's move on to uh, – Let's move on to the picks of the week. We got four games this week. It's a big week on the slate. The first one, Oklahoma State at West Virginia. The Cowboys a seven and a half point favorite as of uh, time of recording. Nick, you're in Big Twelve country. Technically, we're going to let you lead off. Uh, so, what do you think here? Uh, this is really a tough spot for Oklahoma State. You know, coming down here to Texas last week and just uh, kind of escaping with a win there. Then having to turn around and travel to West Virginia in a tough environment. West Virginia is obviously you know, a tough team. So, um, you know, I don't know that I expect West Virginia to win that game either, but uh, seven and a half points, I feel like they can cover. Yeah, I'm going to go with you on that one. Of course, I picked Oklahoma State to make it to the college football playoff. They're still technically in the hunt for that. They got to win out, uh, but they didn't look great against Texas. And like you said, back-to-back, back-to-back road games going uh, up to West Virginia. Uh, I, I'm going to pick the Mountaineers. I do think Oklahoma State probably wins, but I think it's going to be a, a tight game. Rob? Woody Womack, you swore you would never pick West Virginia again after week one, and where are we now? Well, I th- I believe, guess what? And I also, uh, in an off-podcast uh, picking contest type thing, I participated in, I picked West Virginia to cover against Baylor, and they were easily covering and somehow blew like a 20-point lead and only won by two points. So uh, I should have learned my lesson, but what do I know? I'm, I'm doing so bad, it doesn't even matter. I'm going to take the pokes. I'll go the other way. Uh, I think the offense is – I think the talent's still there and the explosiveness is still there. I think maybe Texas is a little better than we thought they were. 
Uh, that would explain away what happened last weekend. I just don't see them struggling again. I think they'll I think they'll win this game by two scores. All right. So Nick already getting nervous since he's got the same pick as me here the first game. <laughs> game number two, Penn State at Ohio State. This one is down to six and a half points. I think it opened at seven. Uh, we were tracking that as it goes along. I'll go first on this one. I'm going to take Penn State to cover. I think it's a classic close uh, Big Ten game. I'm not putting a whole lot of thought into these, but it, it, it would seem unlikely that Ohio State's going to lose twice at home in one season. Uh, but I do like I do think Penn State's going to keep it close regardless, even if they can't win. Uh, Rob, this is Ohio State minus six and a half. Yes, this is tough, man. This is really tough. I mean, these are two pretty good teams. I will take what I believe to be the better coach. I will take Urban Meyer and the Buckeyes. I think that they will cover. Right, he's always got to get a shot in at James Franklin. Uh, from, from Rob, <laughs> talk about me being petty. Uh, Nick, what do you think? Man, this is a tough one. Uh, you know, as as much as uh, my new best friend James Franklin and I uh, get along, and and I really like what Penn State was able to do against Michigan. A lot of people expected Michigan to keep it uh, close against them, and they just totally stomped them. You know, I, both teams have a lot of momentum right now. I I I think I got to take Ohio State mostly because. Uh, Rob picked Oklahoma State in the last one, and you and I both picked West Virginia in the first one. <laughs> All right. Look, I keep telling you guys every week, I'm due for a fall from grace, man. Just just because I keep winning means that the last like three or four weeks of the season are going to be some kind of disaster, uh, you know, one of historic proportions. Well, but see, this is, you know, this is, uh, if we're going to get into betting minutia, this is me hedging my bets, as you might as you That's might fair. say. So. <laughs> yeah, Nick's playing now for second place. He's not trying to win. He's just gonna he's just gonna make sure he doesn't have a colossal failure and I somehow catch him. Um next up, TCU at Iowa State. Iowa State somehow ranked in the top twenty five. Who would have thought? Uh Nick's been a big fan of the the coach there, Matt Campbell, watched a lot of their games last year and said they were turning things around and they make a change of quarterback. Uh, almost, you know, by accident as uh, Jacob Park left the team. So they are uh, six and a half point underdogs. I believe I put them as favorites here on the list to TCU game in uh, whatever city Iowa State plays in. Ames. Ames. <laughs> Underrated town, by the way. It's an all right place. Yeah, it's not so bad. You've been there before. So, uh, Rob, you want to make you pick first since since Nick and I have already picked first. And. <laughs> Can I pick Matt Campbell being in Arkansas next year as my pick? <laughs> yeah, that's locked. You locked that. <laughs> um, I'm going to take the Frogs, and I feel fairly confident about this. I, I just don't think – I think Gary Patterson's a fine coach in his own right. I don't think that Iowa State has the athletes to keep up with TCU, even in Ames, uh, where they have historically good fan turnout. But I just think the disparity in talent is too much in this game, and I don't understand why the line is as small as it is. I think TCU is going to blow this game open in the second or third quarter. Yeah, I think this is a consider yourself horned situation, um, and I'm going to go with TCU because that's too. I think they win this one easily. That's that's my pick. Even though even though Iowa State can score, I expect TCU's defense to kind of shut them down. Nick, uh, man, I, you know I, I I really want to pick Iowa State because I feel like there's there's so much positive momentum right now, and TCU for even. In my experience, you know, keeping track of TCU, no matter how good they are, it always seems like sometimes they just get caught playing in closer games than they than they should in situations like this. 
but I, I think I have to roll with TCU too. All right. And uh, they'll be my pick. Didn't, I mean, I just want to point out that didn't we go through this exact same thing with Iowa State when Paul Rhodes was there? It seems like every four years we go through some thing where it's like, wow, Iowa State's on the right path. They've got a hot young coach. They just beat somebody they weren't supposed to beat. It was Oklahoma State one year under Rhodes. And then like two years later, it's a disaster and they're firing the guy. It, I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen here. I'm just saying it just seems like this is like Groundhog Day with Iowa State, right? It's always like they're always on the cusp of being awesome and then it just falls apart. Well, they used to – it seemed like every year they would beat somebody on like a Thursday night late in the year that should have go in there and win. I do remember that. But uh, I don't remember them being 5-2 and two and ranked. I mean, you were covering the Big 12 during that time. You might remember it better. But I, I don't remember them being – necessarily this good and i mean they 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 probably should have won that game against iowa right now and they'd be six and one so they're they're having a great year um, yeah they've never been this good but i mean there always just seems like and it's always like year two of the, <laughs> it's always like around now where everybody is there's an iowa state hype train right exactly well um i i think they're gonna they're gonna go to a bowl game that's gonna be a great season we'll see if campbell ends up uh staying or going but he's doing a great job obviously they've offered about five thousand kids so uh, I would love for him to come to the SEC and do the same thing. All right, last but not least, NC State at Notre Dame. Notre Dame a seven and a half point uh, home favorite, coming off the huge win against USC. And I'll go first on this one. And guess what? I'm because I'm going to go with the Wolfpack here. Seven and a half is a lot of points. I was down on NC State mainly because I watched the first game of the year against South Carolina that they lost, and I was kind of holding that against them for a while. But they've obviously been playing really, really well. They beat Florida State and. I don't know. I kind of like the Wolfpack. I think they've got a good defensive line. I think they're going to give Notre Dame some problems. I don't know if they win outright, but yeah, seven and a half. Uh, that's a lot of points. So, uh, Nick, you want to go next? Um, I'll also take NC State just to be spicy because, uh, you know, I actually I, I didn't even watch. <laughs> I, I watched so little college football this past weekend. Um, and, and you know, I, I saw what uh, the score of Notre Dame, but I, I just think that the you know, I think the Irish coming out of the bye week, they they were ready for that USC game. I think this is one of these like emotional letdown sort of things that everybody talks about. And for NC State, I mean, this is a big spot for them to to travel and have an opportunity to beat a uh, storied franchise in their or <laughs> program in their own stadium. So so I'll go with uh, NC State. Rob? Notre Dame has be- Notre Dame has better football players than NC State, which is important in a football game. Uh, I think that I'll take I'll take Notre Dame to cover. Did I go all chalk? Did I just go all favorites? Uh, yes, you did. Uh, I don't like that, but all right, we'll stick with it. Um, I did like you using football twice in the same sentence. So nice mm-hmm. job. You're really getting into this job finally. Well, it was done intentionally. <laughs> They've got quality football players. Got to say football. Better football so, players, which is important in a football game. The more times you say football in a sentence, the more you know about football. So Yeah, the more you sound like a football guy, right? I can kind of feel my lats growing and my buy a pickup truck or something. All right, so we've got some topics. Kind of, we're kind of all over the board this week. Not a lot of the big things jumping out to us. I guess we should start first First of all uh, with Justin Fields because why not? We've been trying to get him into the podcast. He committed. Uh, Rob took a lot of flack for his uh, anti-school administration stance <laughs> the week that, Nick, you weren't on here. I'm sure you've listened to it since you produced it. But uh, the Georgia fans were not happy with us for uh, – for, uh, you know, us criticizing Harrison for closing the announcement that he made. And, of course, we had Jake Roos 
crawling through the woods in his Tiva sandals, getting some audio of the event. So to be fair, I wasn't really criticizing the decision to close the school as much as I was criticizing the fake reasons for why they did it. I mean, I, it's their prerogative. They want to close the school, close the school. I, I don't care. I just, you know, how these people are. Well, people got real mad. People got real mad at us. Uh, so, Because that's something normal human beings should care about. <laughs> school, school administrators and my view on them, you know, so, that's something to get mad about. So this week, Fields is playing, uh, having a great game. Kirby Smart in the house to watch him. He ends up uh, breaking his index finger, I believe. And uh, word is he's out for the season. He's going to require surgery. There's been some talk about him maybe coming back in a few weeks and playing running back uh, because I don't think he's going to be able to throw with that finger injury. But obviously, he's a dynamic runner. Uh, I would probably imagine that won't happen. I mean, it's kind of a sounds like a cool scenario, but. You know, you're talking about a guy who is an elite prospect. He's got to protect that hand. I mean, that that hand's his future. Uh, we have some, pro, you know, God's gift. We've seen other quarterbacks get tattooed on their arm. So, uh, you know, the finger just as important for a quarterback. But, you know, Brock put this on here. It doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't affect his rankings. I don't think, personally, I'll start talking about, I don't think it's going to impact where he's at in the rankings. I think he's... Pretty much solidified the number two spot there. I think there was a lot of talk. Should he overtake Trevor Lawrence, perhaps the greatest football player in the history of the sport? <laughs> considered by some. Way to get football um, in there, too. Yeah. I I think this probably closes the door on that. Now, say Fields had led his team to a state championship, you know, a la Deshaun Watson that one year when he didn't have any a whole lot of help on his team, really had no other D1 prospects and kind of carried his team. I think that would have probably helped him make a case against Trevor, but you're talking about a guy who not only set this, he just set the all-time state passing record. He's likely going to go undefeated. They're likely going to win the state championship. I mean, I actually read, uh, I actually read Trevor Lawrence's stats to you, Rob, and you were even, you were kind of flabbergasted when I really laid him out for you like that, weren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think that, it was going to be tough for Justin to overtake Trevor no matter what. But now that he's hurt, you know, I don't think it's a situation where he's going to drop or anything like that. He's, you know, clearly a great prospect who's a broken finger doesn't affect anybody going forward. That's not the kind of injury. It's not like, he, you know, tore his ACL or something. Um, but, you know, if there was ever going to be that conversation going forward, it's going to be mighty hard to have it now, I think. Yeah, I enjoy I, – I really enjoy the whole debate thing, the whole – them against each other. I think it's a fun rivalry that they've had, especially considering that Trevor was the established guy coming in. <laughs> Real quick, let's read off Trev's stats. And the, the the criticism is that maybe he doesn't play the same type of competition as Fields does. And I know Fields is in a higher classification, but I mean, this is you know football in Georgia. It's not like it's not like he doesn't play a you know a pretty competitive schedule, and it's not like he's surrounded with D one players either. Um, so this year, Trevor has completed 73% of his passes, which is pretty impressive, averaging almost 300 yards a game, 34 touchdowns, one interception. So, I mean, he's really about as efficient as he's ever been. Last year he threw for 51 touchdowns and nine interceptions. Uh, The year before that he went for 43 and four. Yeah, he's about to break our boy Watson's records too, right? Right. He already broke the yardage record. He's got 13,000. 
career passing yards, which that's incredible. I mean, this is not, you know, this is, I mean, those numbers, especially in the state of Georgia are really something. He's got 154 passing touchdowns to just 21 interceptions in his career. And, and actually he's got, guess what? He's averaging seven, uh, 7.5 yards a carry this year too. Getting out, running a little bit for, uh, for Trev. So I think that. And the best part is when somebody asks probably Dabo or who, I mean, I assume he's going to sign in Clemson, uh, about him on signing day, instead of throwing out those statistics, he will say something like, you know, he's a football player and that's what we'll get. <laughs> well, he is a football player. This guy just Confirmed. plays, this guy just plays football and those numbers are incredible. So, uh, Fields has got, you know, equally impressive numbers. I think, especially last year, you know, he's, he's going to th- throw for 2000 yards, rush for a thousand more. So, you know, this is, this is just amazing to see these, these two guys come up and put up these type of numbers and, you know, it's a fun debate, number one and two. We, you know, we've had some trouble over the years with projecting quarterbacks, especially you never know how guys are going to fare when they get to the NFL. A guy like Christian Hackenberg, we ranked as the top guy. He went to the NFL. He hasn't had a ton of success. He got a little shell-shocked in college, I think. So, uh, it's also it's not a fun fair deb- that he got drafted by the Jets. That's, you know, that's never going to help anybody. Right, exactly. That's a, it's a fun debate to have. Uh, we wish Justin the best, obviously. It, it sucks for him to get hurt, especially – you know, a finger injury like that. I don't know if he'll be back in time for the All-Star game. Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he just opted to uh, to get healthy and get ready to go enroll at Georgia. So moving on now, I I, we, I wanted to talk about this with, with both you guys, but it's, it involves Texas Tech. Mike Leach is sort of on a he's – on, he's on the, the, the war path trying to get this money that he feels like he's owed from Texas Tech. I think the situation, the way it played out – Leach got fired, as we remember, as he had, uh, I think they fired him for cause, as what they viewed as a rightful cause when he had that situation with uh, the wide receiver who had a concussion. I think uh, the facts came out a little bit after when we maybe disputed Texas Tech's claim. Uh, Leach tried to sue him, took him to court. He lost in court because uh, Texas Tech said, you know, use the, we're a state institution, you can't sue us for this much money, uh, similar to what happened with UCF and Eric Plancher. So now he's cause is called sovereign immunity. Is a problem. Right. So, yeah, exactly. Sovereign immunity. So now Leach is out of options. So legally, at least. So he, he's taking to social media. I think there's like a petition online. He's trying to get people to sign, tell them to pay the money. And then he tweeted this past like there's a hashtag. Oh, what's the hashtag? Hashtag pay coach Leach. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So he, do you have the tweet that he tweeted on Saturday morning? Let me. Yeah, I mean, I have a, okay. So I have I have the tweet right here. So it's a graphic, right? It's not even just a tweet. He has, I assume, either made himself or commissioned somebody to design this graphic. Uh, and it's a quote of himself that says, "I led the Red Raiders to victory in 2009. Help me get justice from Texas Tech." Show your support at the rally before the game. 10 a.m. Saturday, 10-21-17, the northwest corner of Jones AT&T Stadium at the end of the footbridge. Hashtag pay Coach Leach. And then he's holding what looks like a banner sign with the hashtag pay Coach Leach in the graphic. You know, we had him on this podcast. If people want to go back and look for the episode, he talked about this last year. This, this has been stewing for a very long time. Uh, he went on for about 20 minutes on this very podcast about how – Texas Tech owes him millions of dollars. And I believe the he used the Game of Thrones reference. He said, what did he say? He said, Rob, you know how the Lannisters always pay their debts? And I said, no, I don't watch that show. Because if you don't watch Game of Thrones, you have to tell people you don't. And he goes, well, they always do, but Texas Tech never does. 
So you can go find that interview in the archives if you'd like. Yeah, it's pinned at the top of our SoundCloud page. Actually, a lot of people have gone back and listened to it. But uh, Nick, what do you think? I mean, do we think this is should he just give this up? I mean, I know it's two million dollars. That's a lot of money, but it's not like he's not making a pretty penny. He's probably in line for a raise or perhaps a new job, as we talked about last week. So what do you think? I mean, I thought it was odd in the season. He's playing a game at another. He's coaching at another school to then be like, hey, you know, there's going to be a rally. It's like, well, are you are you going to the rally? No. So <laughs> let, let me let me just stop. Let me just stop you because because and, and turn the question around on you because I know I already know the answer. Oh to this. yeah, if somebody if owed Woody Womack. If, if Woody Womack, it, oh no. If Woody, if somebody owed Woody Womack twenty dollars, like uh, a former employee. Of, oh yeah. Of rival. You better hope I don't see him. I'll, there'll be no hashtags. I'll tell you that. Too, so, so I mean, the 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 I mean, basically, I mean, I would just say there's no there's no downside for him to say that if the money is owed to him, he should try and get it because if he's not going to get it, he was never going to get it anyway. But at the same time, I mean, you know, publicly, it it, it is kind of a it is kind of like not a good look to to be doing that um but i mean two million dollars is a lot of money to just not have anymore (laughs) like that but the problem is he's you're not going to get it sometimes you got to cut your losses it's not he has no that's what that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying like he's got a he's got a way uh, maybe he did and maybe he didn't and maybe his agent should have said something to him. Presumably, ha- he has an agent. But I mean, you kind of got to weigh like your the the worth of your public face versus the monetary gain that you stand uh, to make from this. I mean, he's got to feel pretty secure at what's going on at Washington State, um, and pretty comfortable with the administration there to to be going off and and doing this on his own. That he's never going to find himself in this situation, this anything close to this situation ever again. You're trying to re- ration like this. And, and this is the problem people often have with Woody when they try to think about Woody is you're trying to pretend like Mike Leach is a normal football coach or a normal person, you know, which I always tell Woody. It's like when people, when people think you're a regular dude is when they get in trouble with you. I don't think he cares. I, I would be shocked. And I think maybe I've had this conversation with him. I'd be shocked if he has an agent because he does have the law degree. I think that a lot of his contracts, he probably looks over himself. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Who knows? But he's definitely not the guy to be trifled with, if you will. I, I you know, will he get this money? Probably not. Will he ever stop? And, you know, would would he ever stop if somebody cut him off in traffic? <laughs> I think. I mean, I think the tactics of uh, I think the tactics of him going about this are kind of he, he probably could have figured out something a little more creative because I, I mean, how like how many people? are going to show up in a, r- a rally of support of him that that far removed from the situation for him to collect money and not give it back to anybody that shows up at this rally for him. I <laughs> mean, what's he going to do? Is he going to get party favors, you know, <laughs> to the people great. that show up to support him? Pirate hats. I don't know. Maybe there, if it, if it was during tailgate time, there's some hot dogs or something I might stop in. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'll, you know, from my perspective, you guys are right. I mean, I would, who knows what I would do. Right. If you'll tell me who the employee is that owes you the twenty dollars, I'll start a hashtag campaign at him. But I don't know who it is. Uh, let's just say he works at a prominent comic book uh, website now. Oh uh, man, he used Do you to, want me to let him know. I, I, he, he knows. Know but I mean, in fairness to me and my level of uh, craziness, you know, when he stopped working here, I, I did feel bad and I didn't ask for the money. But now that he's gainfully employed somewhere else, I, I would like the money back because he was pretty brazen. 
with the bet we had that led to him owing me $20, which he was blatantly wrong about. And I was right. So guess what? Pay, pay Coach Woody. Uh, Can you at least outline what the bet was? It was a USC-Utah State game, like when Lane Kiffin was the coach, I think. And he was uh, and he was like, USC sucks. They're, they have no chance in that game. And I was like, okay. <laughs> They're playing Utah State. It's USC. I think they have a chance in the game. Uh, let's just say his name <laughs> is a city in Texas. <laughs> not Austin. <laughs> not uh, Houston. Not, not Houston. No, you know, not Lubbock. So anyway, moving on. Five-star Tyreek Johnson. We, Rob really wants to talk about this and with good reason. This is a guy who's been on this recruiting scene since he was uh, in middle school. In Florida, there's a, a law that, or a rule that people don't really use that often. Where If you go to a private school and the middle school is attached to the high school, you can actually play varsity football in middle school. And that's exactly what Tyreek did. Started out, I believe, in the eighth grade uh, playing varsity. So he's a guy that's been on the scene for a long time. And sometimes with guys like him, and I think Trevor Lawrence is a perfect example, you can almost get fatigue of seeing them and knowing how good they are. Uh, so Johnson has been around forever. We have him ranked as a five-star. Some other people have cooled on him as of late. We're hearing, you know, some college coaches say they've cooled on him. However, he announced his officials through Rob. And Rob, which which school? I know he just went to UCLA. I saw him uh, in a picture in the uniform on Twitter. Which other schools is he going to visit? And kind of, you know, tell us about, do you think these schools are really cooled or do you think this is a, a classic sour grape situation? Uh, it's. Uh, I think it's probably a combination of, of some of that. He's says he's going to visit Ohio State. He does not have the date for that yet. He is visiting Clemson on the 18th, which is weird because Clemson was one of the schools that had previously quote unquote cooled on him. You know, so and it looked like Georgia was going to get him. I guess the larger topic is, and we can use Tyreek as a springboard here, is how often this happens, and how often it's just you know like a not necessarily a smear campaign. That's probably taking it too far, but we're not going to get this guy anyway. So we're going to leak it out there that we never wanted him or there's character issues or in Tyreek's case, he's just not that good is what, you know, everybody, these coaches are all telling people when or off the field things. And what I don't get is some of these schools and I won't name names took guys that had way, way worse off the field issues. Tyreek has never been in trouble with the police. Uh, in his entire life for all I know. And, you know, this same school that is saying that Tyreek is too much trouble <laughs> to take on is the same school that took two guys that were in trouble with the police uh, the year before. So I don't know. It just seems very strange to me. I don't really necessarily enjoy it, uh, but I understand why it's done. Yeah. Guess what? Do you do we really think, okay, out of every school in the country, if Tyreek Johnson called up a school right now and said, I want to take an official visit, I'm really interested, I want to go there, are they really going to say no? I mean, do we think that would actually happen? Unless it was like Hawaii, who I've talked to and has like safeguards against this happening because they won't let like good players visit there <laughs> unless they really believe they're going. Um, no, I think that anybody would let him visit. I, I think he's that kind of talent. I don't understand why this I mean, I guess I do understand why it's happened is because coaches have started this, have started this movement where, you know, there's like a hashtag Tyreek Johnson isn't that good without the hashtag. Well, here's my issue that we always run into with this. And, and Nick doesn't necessarily maybe hasn't experienced this quite as much as we have since we've been doing a little longer. You then have, you know, local media outlets who speak to the coaches who then push the agenda that the player's not good because the coach they talk to at the school they cover says he's not good. And it's almost like a snowball effect. 
where you be where where you know say, say you cover school X, where you talk to the recruiting coordinator at school X, and he says, "Nah, he stinks. Our coaches don't like him. He's not even on our board." And then it almost starts to perpetuate itself in stories, and you're you're taking the opinion of one person and sort of you know squaring it against our own eyes of seeing Tyreek being a good player for for years. So I'm trying to think of other players that this has happened to because it happens every year. And I just I'm just not coming up with any names. <laughs> I I can tell you it happens to almost every player who decommits from a school in the SEC. Uh, their fans, <laughs> coaches, and and uh, media people will say, "Oh yeah, they didn't want him. He, you know, they let him they let him walk. They they, they weren't. Let's just say they weren't sad to see him go. You know. Yeah, it, you hear about that. You know, it's kind of happening to James Cook a little bit. Yeah, it is a little bit. I mean, it, here's what I do believe it. When a coach tells me when a guy's still committed that he, to their school that he thinks he isn't good and then he ends up decommitting, that's when you believe them. Yes. Which does happen. It's happened this year with what's the situation where I heard probably two weeks into the season that, you know, they, that a school didn't like this kid, but they thought, well, we can't really cut him loose because we don't want to hurt relationships. And then the kid did them a favor by saying he was opening up his recruitment, uh, which which really made things a lot easier for them because then they could say, all right, well, you know, we stuck by you, but now you up with your recruitment. Peace out. Uh, and that's exactly what happened. So I don't know. Tyreek, where do you think he ends up? Georgia would be your pick? Was going to be my pick until now, I think Clemson. And I think UCLA is a player too. Tyreek is one that, you know, for as much as he talks and he'll talk to you and he's a real nice guy to get along with Tyreek. He's very talented in and he's not one of these kids that talks in cliches, but he'll just like tell you something one day and then the next day hit you up and be like, everything I told you yesterday has changed. So I don't know. Like for a long time, he was real high on UCLA. I think I feel pretty confident in saying it will be Clemson, UCLA or Georgia. Um, but the fact that he, he doesn't have a Georgia official visit scheduled and he has UCLA he's already taken. He has Clemson and he's in the process of scheduling Ohio State makes me think that uh, maybe they're not as much of a player right now as they were two weeks ago. All right, moving on. I wanted to add something. We're going off the board. Uh, as we're talking here, a lot of stuff's uh, floating around the Twitter sphere about our boy Jim McElwain. Uh, if uh, Mike Riley's the grandpa of this podcast, McElwain would be the dad for sure. Um, he came out in his press conference yesterday, I believe, and mentioned that perhaps uh, the team had received been receiving death threats. Uh, so here, here's what he said. I think it's a pretty good lesson for the way things are. There's a lot of hate in this world and a lot of anger, and yet it's freedom to show it. The hard part is obviously when it's threats against your players, death threats to your families, the ill will that's brought upon you out there. And yet I think it's one of those deals that is really a pretty good testament to what's going on out there nationally. There's a lot of angry people, and in this business, we're the ones you take shot at, shots at, and that's the way it is. So Basically, he was insinuating that they've received, you know, maybe players have received death threats. And I think we saw a friend of the show, Chauncey Gardner, come out and, <laughs> and basically challenge uh, whoever had, had threatened him by saying they're just talking. Which, which is the most like Chauncey thing ever, right? Like, I, I was so happy when I saw that. Which is I, great. Yeah, that sounds right. Now, today, the story is, okay, we got a column here from uh, uh, one of my ex-coworkers, Mike Bianchi at the Orlando Sentinel saying – uh, did he exaggerate the death threats? He's got a column, my column, you know, and then he, because, uh, later in the day, the, the Florida released a statement saying it takes the safety of our student athletes very seriously. Our administration met with coach McElwain this afternoon and he offered no additional details. So now people are saying, 
Did he lie about, did he exaggerate? You know, here's the thing. Guess who's received death threats from fans on this podcast? Me. Okay. <laughs> now, did I think that anyone was going to kill me? No. Did I tell anybody? Yeah, maybe I told one person just so they could delete the, the post about it. But did I go to the FBI? Of course not, because no one is actually going to follow through on a, a threat to kill me because of some kid's ranking. You know? Yeah, if people are going to kill you, it's going to be because of something you do out in the wild. Right, exactly. It's going to be for, you know, call, you know, call, telling, telling somebody to F off. Yeah, exactly. Calling people names in traffic. Uh, I get into all types of situations. Starting a fight with a hotel concierge, uh, <laughs> cutting somebody off, yelling at somebody at a urinal in the airport. Uh, let me see. What else? What else have I experienced with you? Oh, uh, stealing somebody's yard sign and throwing it at a dumpster. Oh, yeah, uh, you know, any one of these things. One time we did get really mad at a guy who opened a door Kramer style and hit me in the face with it in a public bathroom. And that didn't, that led to a bit of a dust up, uh, sprawling out on a carpet outside <laughs> oh, the office. Oh, oh wait, they remind that and we're, that's coming back later for storylines update. So anyway, do we think Jim McElwain has someone said, you know, we could kill you or something. He might have, we've seen the letters these coaches get at their house. So he kind of mentions it in passing here and he's not taking it seriously. Just like I'm not taking it seriously. And now that's going to turn into a storyline somehow for the whole week. What's your take on it, Rob? What do you think about this uh, situation? You know, wait, it, wait, 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 before Rob gets into it. I, Cause I only have one thing to oh, say, okay. but let's hear it. Uh, is I'm starting to I'm starting to wonder if maybe it is a little bit of embellishment, too, because there was a lot of conversation from SEC media days about that shark picture that that he really tried to he really tried to kind of make make more of it than than it probably was. And I I think there's a little bit of like a drama queen. Oh, excuse me. Uh, A little little bit of a shark truther here. Are you thinking it's him? What what are you trying to say? No, 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 no. no. He he, like, like there was, there was like a moment where people were kind of getting on him for like possibly, you know, you know, faking crying almost. Yeah, he did the, almost cry. Thing. I was there live. I was like, but is then, he like, cry but, right now? But then there was like no, there was no, first of all, he didn't really end up crying. So he, he, he failed at that. And then second of all, you know, like I, you know, I, I, maybe he's just trying to, you know, stir up a, maybe this is a distraction technique to kind of take away from the, <laughs> the pro- other problems on the field. But, uh, I, you know, I don't, I, I I don't put death threats past anybody, especially in this day and age. He is kind of correct in saying that. But uh, at the same time, though, I mean, the fact that he's willing to give no further details about it to anybody else, especially the administration, is kind of uh, dubious to me. And uh, Rob, I'm sorry, but now now you can have your moment. No, you're good. I don't really have much to add. I don't, you know, obviously, you know, nobody wants to victim blame here. I don't. I don't know if Jim McElwain got death threats or not. What is weird is why did Florida hang their boy out to dry like that? Like, did they have to put that last sentence in the statement? Like the statement could have just said, we've met with Jim McElwain and we've addressed the issues, period. <laughs> to put that last sentence in there is like, they, they had to know what was going to happen, right? Or is that kind of a way to like deflect responsibility just in case, you know, it's like, you know, we couldn't help him because he didn't help us help him kind of thing. Yeah. I just don't know why that last sentence was in there. Actually, Bianchi said in his column, uh, which you can find in the Orlando Sentinel, you would not be reading this column if not for those five words, those five suspicious words that make it sound like somebody is hiding something. So you're right. I mean, the columnist and you uh, sniffed that out. I mean, if they didn't say that, 
but who knows, man? I mean, you know, maybe it's maybe it is some type of liability situation. Who who, who really knows? I don't. You know, it's a weird story for me. It's some of the stories that that take foot or take hold really are weird. That one's a weird one for me. So uh, so really so anyway. I'm interested to watch this game this weekend. I I do think, for some reason, I think it's going to be a little closer than the experts think. I'm not sure what people are predicting, but uh, I don't know. I got a little feeling that Florida's going to at least – I think it's end. like 14 and a half or something. I, I looked at it earlier today, and you know the cocktail party is always weird, though. I, I, I kind of tend to agree with you here. All right. Uh, real quick, also, while we're talking about Florida coaches, uh, this after this week's loss – uh, Jimbo Fisher had a dust up with a fan, the Florida State coach. They continue to struggle. They're having a rough year, and uh, I'm trying to see what he what exactly he said. But basically, he did a classic uh, <laughs> say it to my face <laughs> to uh, to a fan who was who was questioning, saying it was time to change coaches. I don't think he actually meant. Uh, I don't think he actually meant you know. I don't think the fan meant you should be fired. I think he wanted him to change assistant coaches. And there's a video of it too, which is which is really great. Um, let me get the exact quote here from our boy Jimbo. Um, oh, he's got some. He had a oh new coaches is what he said, and then he said, "Come down here, say it to my face." So, um, <laughs> this what do you guys? <laughs> I think he's well within his rights. I, I'm Team Jimbo here, man. Like, if you're going to say something, I, I covered Bob Huggins when he was at Kansas State and Frank Martin both, who were notorious for this kind of thing. Some guy was heckling Huggins at a game I was covering once, and he turned right around to him. He's sitting like in the third row in the middle of coaching and stares this guy in the eyes and says, I don't come to Burger King and tell you how to do your job when you're cooking burgers. <laughs> Just screaming at him in the middle of a game, which and it's like good on you. If you're going to heckle a coach, uh, you should be ready to deal with the repercussions. I mean, these are people too. We, we talk about that all the time. Everybody's like, so-and-so should be fired. And it's like, you know, that's a human being you're talking about. Yeah, believe me. I know that feeling when uh, certain people have suggested I should be fired. I mean, it doesn't feel good. And that's just on a, you know, the, the small level. Uh, after the game, Fisher said he had no comment on it. And he said, there's no reason to be nasty. And he said, someone asked him if he regretted it. He said, no, not one bit, because I don't expect that out of our fans at our stadium. And he's right. They're not going to fire him. This firing, you can't fire every coach because they lose a few games. They're going to have, they're having a bad season. They're not firing Jimbo Fisher. Sorry. It's not happening. He won, he won a national championship not too long ago. Right. I mean, come on. It's really, it's really getting old. So, so anyway, they ain't firing Jimbo. Jimbo's going to fire some shots to some fans. Uh, guess what? If the fan came down there with Jimbo hit him, had said the old hit me, go ahead. Yeah, hit well, hundred percent. Well, I, I mean, the, the, ball, the ball is totally. No, the ball is totally in Jimbo's court. If uh, if something like that happens, because what what do you see anytime somebody takes on the field to do like a streaking number or something like that? Like play, players players can like clothesline dudes. Then the guy gets arrested anyway, and it's not the player. Like, no, there's no repercussions to coaches or players. When you come down onto that field, they can clean your clock, and then security jumps on you, and then you get arrested, and then you can never come back to a game ever. Yeah, maybe, there's no upside. Maybe you've seen this, Nick. Have you seen the video of like '90s NWO when that fan runs into the ring and Randy Savage and Hogan just beat the crap out of him, and then he gets arrested? Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, boy, to go in there against pro wrestlers too is really something. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to go into more instances of that on on this podcast. But yeah, that's really 
You're really taking your life into your hands in that scenario. Well, uh, you know, speaking of nice guys, Jimbo is a very nice coach, I think, personally. I, he's always been good to me. Um, good coach, better person. <laughs> <laughs> comes from a really good family, from what I understand. He definitely is a yes sir, no sir type of guy. Real I, much uh, fail type. I do like Jimbo. Anytime I've interacted with him over the years since he's taken over that job, he's always been uh, relatively pleasant, uh, you know. So – you know, I think he basically was viewing it like he was like, almost like his kid. And you got to remember, this guy has teenage kids. This was a young guy yelling at him. I think he was kind of scolding him. Um, so, well, but in uh, in the fans' defense, I will say, like, if I if I was if it was a young fan, I would be like, you know, like like ima- imagine like you grew up a Florida State fan. Like all you wanted to do was go to Florida State when you were a kid. Then you finally go there. You know, like we said. Jimbo's not too far removed from winning a state or a, a national championship. And then you're just like, and then you get, you get there after all that waiting. And then like your team has a dud season. Like you're only going to be there for a couple of years and you expect, you know, a high level of performance. I mean, you know, for, for everything that I just said, for everything I just said about a fan possibly coming onto the field, it is a fan's, uh, you know, inherent right to scream whatever they want to, as long as they stay in their seat while they're doing it. Yeah. But it's know? also yeah. Jimbo's right to tell them to piss off, you know? That's true. You're right. Yeah, way to go, Jimbo. Don't take, don't take it. I wish I could tell people to uh, say it to my face. That's just a classic agree to disagree situation. Wait, wait. Did you say I do tell people to say it to my face? I mean, in in not so many words, you know, in far more vulgar terms. But I mean, you, you you know, it's the same point that I've seen you make to strangers. Well, anyway, uh, I've never said say it to my face. No, so I, have said, I have said, hit me, hit me first. Hit me, hit me. <laughs> Classic high school fighting tactic. Uh, go ahead, touch me. Um, all right, real quick as we're wrapping up the top topics. Big week in Texas coming up. Three major commit commits. Uh, first, Drew Jackson, uh, legendary spelling of his name, D-R-U-E, which I really enjoy. Um, Bobby Brown is a big-time defensive tackle, Anthony Cook, who is – a uh, big time corner, five star. Um, so, Nick, let's run through him first. Drew, we thought he, I thought, you know, just based on uh, a few interactions I've had with him throughout the years, I thought he was going to Mississippi State. You tell me that uh, maybe he heads, uh, maybe he's going to go join the Pay Mike Leach uh, movement. Is he going to, is he, he probably went to that rally if he's going to, he lives in Texas and he's going to Washington State. So, so kind of give us an update on these guys. And originally from the Lubbock area too, so he's he's got all kinds of dogs in the in the fight there. I mean, really, what it comes down—well, actually, Drew doesn't even have an offer from Mississippi State uh, today. Oh, he doesn't. Um, oh, wow. No, no. I'm, there's a, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of smoke around that because obviously his quarterback is committed there, Jalen Maiden. Um, the problem is he probably he probably would have taken a Mississippi State offer out of the off season. However, he was dealing with uh, you know some you know knee knee sprains or something like that that kind of kept him out from you know a lot of offseason activity so that kind of you know they they were holding off on that I mean I still think that there's a chance that Mississippi State offers him uh down the road and he might reconsider but at the moment you know I think Washington State is the odds-on favorite Utah would be the other uh the second place team in in as things stand right now uh but he commits he commits on Friday uh at his team's homecoming game uh, Bobby Brown. I'll, I'll just rip through all these real quick. Uh, B- Bobby Brown deciding here uh, November second uh, between Alabama, Oklahoma, and Texas A and M. Um, he just took a v- uh, official visit to Alabama, 
And, you know, I, I think it really comes down to um, Alabama and Oklahoma at this point. Uh, Andrew Bone, friend of the podcast, said that Bobby Brown has been number one on Alabama's board for some time, um, you know, and he's he's kind of had a long history in, in dealing with that coaching staff. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he chooses Oklahoma over them. Uh, you know, I haven't heard a lot of, you know, it's interesting. Texas A&M is involved with a lot of kids, but you don't really hear them being as proactive uh, with a lot of guys as, as some of the other teams, especially this time of year, trying to trying to lock up some of these commitments. And then Anthony Cook uh, commits on October 30th, and that's the one everybody's kind of looking out for. Um, you know, he said several times over, if he commits to Texas, it's it's a it's a pride in the state thing. He's got a lot of friends that are committed there, uh, several teammates that are also committed to Texas as well. So, um, but I, you know, I think, I think the more I think about it, the more I think Texas is kind of losing favor. I've, I've said several times, I always thought Ohio state was the favorite, um, but they might have suffered a little bit from, you know, kind of like, uh, the long, the, the slow play fatigue in recruiting him because LSU seems to have really, uh, put on the full court press. He just took his, uh, official visit there. And, you know, as, as Woody's rule of thumb always suggests that, you know, you follow the visits and LSU will be the last official that he's taken before his commitment. Uh, I've heard that um, LSU, LSU and, and Coach O personally have uh, been on campus here as recently this week to to try and follow up with him a little bit as well. So it'll be interesting to see how much ground LSU made up and and if they end up being the choice. Um, but anyway, just uh, just stay tuned uh, to Rivals.com for hard-hitting coverage of all three of those commitments here over the next couple of weeks. I'd like to congratulate you on not making a single Bobby Brown joke when you were discussing him. I, I mean, that is well, not I easy mean, to we've, do. You know, you want to talk about slow play fatigue. I mean, I, we, we've exhausted all the Bobby Brown references on the, on the rankings calls over the past couple of uh, the past couple of months. I mean, you know, I, I actually actually truthfully, I, I should ask him next time I see him, you know, what he thinks about that, how much he catches from that. And if he's sick of it or if he's even a Bobby Brown. Yeah, I wonder if he even knows any of his music. I would just say I would guess no. But then you've got to think that people have to like remind him. Hey, hey, if you know, no, I, got, be cool, I got get it. It's funny. No, no, I got news for you. Twi- Twitter does not let people know that new edition was a very big deal <laughs> well you just wait until this guy in my region who dm'd me today is highlight film named ja rule harris hits it you just wait until this guy uh, is, is 2020 nobody nobody, wait. nobody looks back fondly on ja rule though well apparently this guy's parents do i mean they named him ja rule <laughs> uh, they're regretting that decision well, i uh I've tried to do a story one year where I interviewed players about their their names, which are clearly after pop culture type people, and even like Tommy DeVito, you know, who who uh, went to Syracuse to play quarterback. You know, he was clearly named after the character in Goodfellas. He had no idea what I was talking about. I think Raekwon Davis. I was like, "Yeah, you're named after Raekwon the rapper." He's like, "No, nah, I, don't, I don't. I think my mom picked and made up the name." And I'm like, "Well, yeah, Raekwon no, kid, no kids. Though. I remember talking to him about it. He yeah, knew. he knew he was named after. Yeah. No kid. Listen, no kid is the way that these kids think of themselves. No kid is ever going to cop to being named after somebody else because they're all the big. They're all the center of their own universe. I'll tell you, you what, know Ja Rule I mean? will cop to it because Ja Rule is just not a name somebody comes up with. I mean, you got to be a fan." <laughs> I think you had a Jada kiss down there, also, didn't you? Or no? yeah, yeah. When I first got down in the, that first class, I don't know where he ended up going. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of names. Maybe I might look back into doing that story again uh, this year. So, all right, moving on. No interview this this week, but uh, we do have a classic uh, segment that everybody loves: Walmack fact check. Uh, so, you know, I I wish I didn't have to do this segment flat out. I wish that. It didn't happen. You don't. You don't. <laughs> Here we go again. This is this is how you get fired. But today, 
I'm at the gym working out with Mr. Shut Up and Train, who's been really, really uh, wanting to come on the podcast. I don't know what he wants to talk about, but he's been once he found out I had a podcast and he hadn't been on it, he was real upset with me about it. So uh, maybe we'll bring him on to to, to make fun of me for uh, how fat I am and uh, <laughs> how much he kills me at the gym. But anyway, so I'm listening to this. I, I try to listen to college football podcasts at the gym, so it's almost like I'm working while I'm working out. And I'm listening to the Audible podcast with uh, Bruce Feldman and Stuart Mandel. They uh, go ahead and talk about Jonathan Taylor, the running back at Wisconsin, and how great of a year he's having. He's having a huge season, phenomenal season. Uh, so, so big that even Eric Bossy, our basketball analyst, texted me to be like, man, this Jonathan Taylor guy is pretty good. Um, so anyway, Bruce, you know, who's been a, 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 a some to, somewhat frequent target of this segment uh, because of, uh, you know, his – misquoting of rankings <laughs> said you know it just goes to show Stu, the best the best freshman in college football is the three-star guy and i said to myself there's i remember jonathan taylor not being a three-star guy so i thought maybe it was an industry-wide maybe other people didn't like him as much well our website he was the number 208 player in the country on uh, one of our main competitors he was also like 267 or something like that now two websites did rank him as a three-star so bruce would be semi-accurate in saying that two people got it right and the problem is a lot of people default to the composite ranking i, I don't want to i don't know the algorithm but there's clearly flaws in it uh, you know i don't know how two people can rank a kid you know within the top 300 and then somehow his his overall ranking is a three star but you know th that's the flaw with the system is you've got to you know Let's take some responsibility. If we're going to call a guy a three-star guy, we can say some people thought this was a three-star guy. Just throw in a qualifier, and guess what? You won't end up getting fact-checked by me on this segment every week. And then you won't end up getting a call from our boss asking why you're calling Bruce a liar. And we won't have to go <laughs> through that again. I did call Bruce a liar. did not say that in any way, shape, or form. Bruce, I'll, Bruce I'll, I'll talk to Bruce every week and give him recruiting stories to tell. It's just I think it's a situation. And it happens every every year where the coaches will then say to reporters, because a lot of college football port reporters rely on coaches to get information. That's a fact in the Womack fact check section. And they'll say throwaway lines like, well, this isn't nobody wanted him. This was a three star guy. You know, we're this is just another example of us doing well at developing players. And guess what? Wisconsin does a phenomenal job. They don't need to push that agenda. I'm not saying that they are, but the number 208 player in the country, guys. He was supposed to be good. He's obviously outplaying that ranking so far, but uh, we he was highly regarded. So this was... A well, it goes... But I mean, it, it obviously goes both ways, though, because, I mean, any, anytime you crack a a team's media guide, like, you, you look at one player and they're like, rank this by rivals. You look at an, the very next player on the next page. Oh, rank this by this other service. Yeah, they like, just they take just whatever's play, highest, yeah. They just take whatever's highest. So, so for... So, so for, for Feldman or anybody else to, you know, push a, you know, push a story that, oh, you know, this kid was underranked or whatever, they're going to take the lowest ranking to fit that narrative, you know? Right, exactly. But, you know, I, my Bruce, one of my favorite uh, college football writers. So come on, Bruce, that's not, don't take the easy way out. Um, all right, <laughs> moving on. It's time for Tweet of the Week. You subtweet people all the time. You're nothing but an embarrassment. Now we we are really uh, we're really sort of pushing the boundaries here with a lot of these topics this week because this is a controversial tweet which came uh, by the way of let me find it here uh, 
Carrie J. Mack is her uh, Twitter handle. She's an Auburn fan. Guess what her last name is? Womack, just like me. Uh, with, of course, she's, she spells it with one M. So anyway, she provides me with a lot of comedy. Uh, she's, she's a funny tweeter. And this week she tweets, <laughs> I swear, people at fast food restaurants want $15 an hour but can't get an upgrade from a small to a large right. F-O-H. And then a hashtag for a corporate uh, entity, which we will not mention on this show. Now, Rob, you're the socialist who wants everybody to make all types of money. <laughs> of course. What do you think of Carrie's stance? Can't get that upgrade right. Come on. Uh, you know, I'm not going to chastise her. I've been frustrated with, with workers before. Um, but, you know, they're trying their best, Carrie. <laughs> so, anyway, there was another one I had, which, of course, we're, we're having a big problem with people deleting tweets now. What's going on, people? Uh, the, t- the tweet we wanted to mention last week, uh, the guy went to private. We couldn't find his. And this week, Chad had tweeted a story out uh, with his uh, Trevor Fields and uh, Trevor Fields, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields comparison. He tagged me in it, which led to, of course, uh, my mentions getting taken over by replies. And there was a there, <laughs> there was a Tennessee fan saying, you know, why would Justin Fields go to Georgia and sit the bench? Uh, blah 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 he's not going to play for three years you know which we have talked about and uh, eric j wellborn uh, at wellborn underscore eric had a nice response very measured these players are starting to go where the load is shared less damage to their body greater return on investment but he couldn't just go high road and then he says tennessee sucks (laughs) (laughs) it was so close he was so close to sending the most measured like fan response in the history of twitter and then he just couldn't lay off of it (laughs) It's, it's, it's like you walking by somebody that has bumped into you at a grocery store and almost getting out of there without being yourself, but then going back and telling them to piss off. <laughs> Tennessee sucks. Uh, I just threw it in there. Way to go. Eric's only got three followers. So come on. His his Twitter bio reads, I rock. So he does What's rock. What's Eric's handle? I'm going to follow our boy Eric for a little while. What's at, his name? At Wellborn, W-E-L-B-O-R-N underscore Eric. And he's got a folded American flag in his picture. So he should be. Oh, no, I'm not following him. Um, (laughs) That's that. We also did get a tweet uh, from Shane Noble, who's a Miami fan at uh, the U Miami Beach. He's got a picture of him and his beautiful family, his header photo. And he said, great podcast. Woody, I need more of your crazy stories. So. Guess what? Oh, man. Yeah. Well, are yeah. you in luck? Yeah, don't encourage him. Thanks, and I got all kinds of crazy stories. How did you know? I wish I could tell unfiltered crazy stories, but you talk about it getting fired. Well, yeah, we'll have to get like an R-rated version of this podcast one day. I may get fired and be in jail uh, if, uh, if that were the case. So, all right. It's time to move on to rants and recommendations. Now – you guys got anything? Because I got to find this. Uh, I have a, I have an outside the lines storylines update here, uh, go, dating back to some some other stories. If you guys got some, I have gotten rid of. You know, I don't know if this is legal, so maybe we may have to bleep this out. I, it might be legal. It might not be. I'm really kind of not educated on internet law, but I always get frustrated when I try to watch the Mets on the MLB TV package here when they play the Marlins because I have to listen to the Marlins broadcast on regular TV. Uh, but there's a service called Unlocator that you can pay like $4 a month and you just like – it kind of hacks your modem and lifts all the blackout uh, restrictions on all your apps. So you know if they black out a local game just- or they black out something that's on national TV and you want the local broadcast, you could still get it on your TV. So it kind of like – I guess it just changed my DNS. Uh, so I paid for that and it's been awesome. I've been watching Panthers games uh, without having you know Fox Sports Florida. Oh, I was going to say, if you uh, 
If you wanted, if you were just watching them on your computer, you could just sign into your VPN. Yeah, no, but this is faster, and I like watching it on my actual TVs. You know, boy, this is topical. You guys set me right up, Ralph. Almost like we we planned this. Nick and I, uh, you know, I know I've railed against sharing passwords before, but but Nick and I used the NBA League Pass together to offset some of the cost. Yeah. Well, in your case, all of the costs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's not paying you. Oh boy. Well, there was a. He's, wait, he's waiting on that twenty dollars to come in. <laughs> that was goods and services. Listen, there's a nice pair of pants you're wearing around Nick Kruger. Those, those no, that's those, true. Those were free right. pants I bought you. Okay. Uh, right. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> plus it. Well, let's not get into that. That's not the point. The point is, it is impossible. There is the NBA League Pass has figured out how to alter the whole time continuum. I don't know if they're using other dimensions. You can start a game on NBA League Pass live at the tip off. Okay. The tip-off is at 7.07. You start the broadcast at 7.07. You are live the same time. And by the end of the game, you will be, without pausing it, without buffering, without anything happening, the game will be over and you will be seven to ten minutes behind. It's the commercials. I've noticed that. Like, they don't come back from commercial break on time. So it's a different feed, right? It's not... A true yeah, live stream. They sp- so is there somebody pausing the broad? How is it working? Yes. Yes. I think there is. I think on the commercial break interruptions, because they have to pause the broadcast, right? Because they don't want you to see the local commercials for the crappy barbecue place in Toronto or whatever the crap. So they have to cut those out, right? And so when they're showing you that blank screen, I think that there is probably somebody's job in some headquarters somewhere to keep you know, the game feed paused. And I think if they keep it paused too long, because I've noticed like Twitter, it it seems like they're back from commercial breaks. If you pay, if you're paying attention close enough to a game, people are tweeting live scores or live action while you're still watching that screen that says, you know, or or the Jumbotron or the NBA league pass thing that they shoot. The Jumbotron is where they get you. I'm telling you, it's one thing if it's 30 seconds. Okay. We're talking minutes behind. And then you can't – so oftentimes I put the game on my second screen and then I'm working on the main screen. And then I accidentally look at Twitter and, you know, Joe Freeman, you know, who does a great job covering the Blazers, is tweeting out the score. And I'm like, Joe, what's going on? <laughs> I can't blame Joe. You know what I mean? It's t- It makes me so- – and guess what? The, the NBA Twitter, NBA media, no one will address this topic. Nobody. Nobody wants to face the facts. No one will challenge the NBA. They're all in the back pocket of the league. I want somebody to – because guess what? What do we have? We have stories. Of, oh, league pass rankings. These are my favorite league pass teams. You can't watch anybody on league pass because everything's ruined. Well, you can if you're not like – you know. In this, <laughs> my recommendation for the week is that we all delete Twitter because it's the worst place on the planet. Um, but if we all actually did that, you know, we wouldn't really have a problem. Well, guess what? I and I would buy a subscription for my TV, but it doesn't have it in HD. So it's like, you know, the NBA thought to be the most one of the most progressive leagues, most up to date. They don't limit. They don't, you know, have Twitter suspend people for tweeting out clips and stuff like that. But they have got to figure this out. I, and if I ever have a chance to meet with Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, which I may try to set that up. 
you know, we're, there's going to, we're going to have an issue. I sat at Woj's desk last year when we were in New York for the league for the show. And I should have reached into the drawers and gotten out his Rolodex or something because I could, someone's got to get this taken care of. <laughs> can you just see that Kruger? Yeah. Mr. Silver, Woody Womack here. We've got a real problem on our hands. <laughs> Let me this tell is you. a major issue. It is a major problem. And I, yeah, he'll I'm say, gonna, he'll say know, Oh, let me look up one. your account Maybe real I'm quick email so Chris I can Maddox. help you with that. <laughs> and the asterisk will be right there. It's Chris Maddox. Got, it's Chris I, I, I want to say, piggybacking on this complaint, you know, they do show in, in lieu of the commercials, they show the uh, yeah the Jumbotron, the thing. Jumbotron thing. And sometimes I get really invested in the uh, between quarter competitions they do at Magic Games. And it's like right, like right at the moment of truth with like five seconds left, if the season ticket holder is going to win his year supply of Pizza Hut pizza or whatever. They come back from the. They cut off the feast from the jumbo truck. I don't know if he got it or not. I need to know. That is further evidence that they're bending time because they're cutting it off, and we're still falling behind. There is time bending going on. Now, what what we've got is a lawsuit on our hands. Really, I mean, if anywhere, and I think it does say live streaming, uh, and it's really not live streaming because they're you know they're on a stream that's behind intentionally. Boy, I don't know, Will Mac. You could look into that. Maybe get some money. Well, I just want – guess what? Adam Silver, if you're going to bend time, invent a time machine then and let me go into the future because <laughs> – Rob, I, I'm, t- I'm telling you. I tweeted out examples and I was just ignored, of course. I continue to tag NBA reporters in the tweets. <laughs> of course you do. Hey, but, of course. But don't you, don't you guys have like uh, – don't you have lists set up on Twitter? Like why, Like if you're looking at Twitter and – can't you just like, – no, like I have a list just for prospects. Like I, I'll just flip on that feed. I haven't looked at a Twitter list since I covered the Everblades. Uh, it's been a long time since I – I wish well, there was a list where it was nothing on- but Tony the Tiger. That's the only person I want to follow. I just want to unfollow everybody. Follow Tony the Tiger who is the only good thing left on the internet. And it's not even him. He sucks. It's the people that replied to him. Well, I think those are offensive, Rob. I think you might have to check on Jezebel or whatever. But No, it's cool because it's a male cartoon. No, I don't think Um, so. I think think we decided it's offensive. Yeah, maybe. Um, Okay, so storylines update. We, We remember you mentioned it earlier of me being sprawled out. And how it was a big issue. We had security come. I got in trouble. We remember that, right? Everybody remembers that story? One of our most popular stories we've ever told on the podcast. Well, guess who gets an email this week? Uh, good morning. As mentioned last week, we've agreed to allow a production company to film a scene for a major motion picture in the lobby. Please read below for details on how this project will impact the building as well as our access. Okay. Guess what? Tomorrow, filming will take place. Tomorrow and Thursday, between the hours of 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., there will be approximately 150 production crew members in the lobby on both days. There will be an additional 150 people positioned outside the building on 14th Street as extras for the movie. So you're telling me, me being in the hallway, allegedly sprawled out, is enough of a disturbance to bring in multiple security guards but yet we're just letting 150 people clog up the whole lobby now uh, you're not raising you, you, you're not raising yeah the, uh, yeah you're not bringing anything to the table by guess what are we get a discount on our rent at the building no i want a piece of the money then <laughs> well this, this is wow you want this, to talk well, about socialism i was gonna say <laughs> yeah. i mean boy wealth sharing 
Guess what? I want to see the lease that says, hey, you know, if we want to let a move a major motion picture, we know I have interrupted a major motion picture before uh, table 14 uh, when when I went to check into uh, was it called table 14? I think that's what it was called. I've never heard of this. Shit. I mean, we're using the word major well, the, liberally here, I think. Yeah, I was. A, I watched it on a plane. You'd consider that major, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I interrupted the filming of that movie because I went to check into this hotel, uh, and sure enough, they're. Fi- I was like, well, why won't they let me into the to the reception area? Well, they were filming a scene, but of course, I burst right in there and put a stop to, <laughs> put a stop to that. And Stephen Merchant didn't know what to do when I came rolling in there. Uh, you know, so I'm not a fan of this, you know, this, we're sorry for the, I hope, we hope everyone shares our excitement for this opportunity. Please be prepared for a significant amount of disruption in the lobby during two days. You will notice an increased presence of security officers and local authority patrols. Please understand uh, that property management as well as movie production crews are working hard to minimize the inconvenience this filming may cause for occupants. The same person who earlier in this podcast called Mike Leach Petty for trying to get back $2 million is holding a grudge over a security guard asking him not to lay down in the hallway of his place of employment. Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> Just put, put that out there. Before we go, and I don't want to – I don't necessarily want to – I won't describe it, but you can go check it out for yourself. I would I would ask everybody to, if you're not familiar with the Tony the Tiger Twitter thing, to just go to the Tony the Tiger Twitter page, the official one, and just click on one of the tweets and look at all the replies he gets. It's it's the greatest meme going right now. Okay. Well, is it – let's yeah, – you know, let's do, a, let's do a live storylines update. This guy was suspended from Twitter after he sexually harassed Tony the Tiger. Well, Tony the Tiger isn't a real person. Like, I get that somebody's running the feed, and he also kind of leans into it. Like, the latest tweet, and if you're familiar with this meme, then you'll get it, is when silly Instadad Shalom Bear Solomon invited me on a bike ride, I figured there would be two bikes. So he's intentionally using the word dad in these tweets now. And, you know, most of the tweets that he gets in response to these tweets ends with the word daddy. Um, I don't really want to go any further than that. Oh, you're just going to have to go look for yourself. Well, Kellogg, look at this. Kellogg slams porn tweets targeting Tony the Tiger. Well, I mean, there's nothing they can do about it. There's hundreds and thousands of them, and they just make me laugh every single time. Oh, boy. And then, as I said, Jezebel, here's an article. Twitter has enough time on its hands to suspend a user for tweeting. I can't even read this. See, Jezebel is team team Tony the Tiger, right? Team harass Tony the Tiger. Well... The, just the idea of sexualizing this corporate serial mascot struck me as a suitably bizarre thing to share with the sort of people who like to interact with promoted tweets from multi-billion dollar food proce- processing conglomerates. So you no wonder you like it. See, that guy's clearly a socialist who's been harassing Tony. See, there you go. It all comes full circle. It all comes back to Rob Cassidy's communism on this podcast. Well, I did see that they've got, speaking of recommendations, I would recommend having some of these honey, honey frosted flakes. Those look pretty good. Um, so anyway, we're way long. Nick, you got anything else you want to talk about? No. <laughs> yeah, all right. We have a recruit song this oh, week. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I do, I do have a, I do have a, a quick question for you guys. Um, so my Jacksonville Jaguars are looking pretty good this season. If they make it to the playoffs for the first time since 2007, should I buy a ticket and go to a Jaguars uh, playoff game this season? Well, you have guess to what? Spend the night in Jacksonville or not? <laughs> 
I guess it depends on if they win the division or not. Well, uh, if it's a road game, yes. If not, I, I okay. Don't make fun of a city, Rob. That's number one rule breaking. Uh, that's in your state, Rob. Yeah, so, so you better watch yourself. Think about that. Lightly. Now, number I, and Rob, you you travel. You'll you'll go to a Mets game anywhere. So I figured you'd say yes. Yeah, but uh, almost anywhere. You know, I don't think I would go to like. I don't know that I'd be too excited to go to Mets Tigers or something. Unless it was you totally would go to Mets Tigers. And, well, Rob always goes to home, but you have a series. Imagine if it were a one-off, you know. And it yeah, was, yeah. So here's the here's the problem, Nick. You just told us that you're going to have to fly out to L.A. beginning of December or uh, right before Christmas. Then you got to fly to Florida for, and be there for what sounds like two weeks, at least ten plus days. When do the hmm. playoffs start? Uh, I don't know. I I didn't even look at that. Yeah. So I think. Uh, you're going to be covering the True 19 game or whatever. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that would be the only football you'll be watching. Uh, so. uh, right. If they well, make the playoffs, we'll go. I'll go with you. Okay. All right. Good deal. We'll make it happen. We'll figure it out. Um, all right. That wraps it up. We do not have a – do we want to play House Dat Rock or no? <laughs> not not on this one. We'll okay. stick for next M. Time. Deuce. All right. all right. So M. Deuce is going to play us out. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe on iTunes. Please leave us some reviews. Uh, We'll be back with another episode next week.